because a lot of that hero narrative stuff was used by the British Empire to recruit them into their wars. And so it was like, you know, sacrifice yourself for the empire. And like Australians are like, what do I get out of that? We don't need another hero. (laughs) You're my vegan hero, Mike Keller. No, I was going to say you're my hero. Oh, well, see, well, I'm a TikTok hero now. You know that, right? (laughs) You're TikTok infamous for showing delightful sizzle videos cinema affects people i mean i've been thinking about a lot of different things you know because being a filmmaker feeling uh underappreciated as we all do but i appreciate you i have found my audience now <laughs> <laughs> have there, you s- there, yeah you found lots of validation for your cooking videos uh, i get i mean no there's filmmaking there did you see the satan video hail satan i think <laughs> so yeah yeah you and your daughter made like satan chicken type stuff yeah it has like i don't know four thousand views on tiktok (laughs) wow and there's like all these like i don't know 500 uh likes and all sorts of conversation there's something going on with instagram and i'm not happy with the engagement how instagram's treating the creators it just i'm not that i'm always not going to always be a part of instagram I just feel like there's something going on with the way the algorithms out to get you. It's not just that. I just feel like there's just a lack of, of connection that I experienced before. And I'm seeing this in TikTok. There's definitely a community that's a much more dynamic community. And, and also I feel like when you put something out on TikTok, you're pushing it out a little to a little further than per se when you're Uh, within a small engagement of friends i think their sneaky algorithm is just better at um finding your audience for you you know they're just better at hoovering up people's data and preferences and finding exactly the right people who are just going to love your satan video someone said uh i don't like satan i'm like no it's not satan it's satan (laughs) (laughs) satan satin potato potato let's call the whole thing off uh oh jacqueline pitched a a video she um she wants to do a like one of the one of your little short videos but with vegan cheese rankings i think it's because she had this trader joe's vegan cheese and said it was like disgusting and it was just offensive to her so she's like no we need to see jason's definitive cheese ranking Oh my goodness, so much pressure on me now that I'm adored by hundreds of people. Not yet. Now that you're sought after, <laughs> you're a celebrity of 5,000 Satan enthusiasts. Yeah, I even um, did like, you know, they have this video where uh, there's this there's this voice track that goes, don't be ugly, don't be ugly, and then you, you reveal it. I did that. Mm-hmm. I, I put one of those up. I put the, one of those up with, this morning and it got like, I With the uh, food or yourself? My wife bought some Air One like like a mm-hmm. like a dinner oh, expensive stuff and uh, i didn't i had no idea what it was going to look like you know when i opened it so i just kind mm-hmm. of did that reveal and you uh, were afraid I, it was going to be one of those anemic uh chickens that well, need cooking to look good well no yeah but it was like don't, so i did the don't be, be ugly thing and I, I, there was absolutely no effort like the the satan video i mean we worked like 
three hours making the Satan. I spent four hours cutting that video. <laughs> so, so I'm happy wow. that at least you put some effort in and then there's, you know, you get a lot of people that, you know, are engaged and excited about it. But this other video, I, I literally took, it took me maybe two minutes, you know, don't be ugly, mm-hmm. don't be ugly. Oh my God. And then, um, it's, um, you, you, you reveal like you kind of, you're, you, it's this kind of, it's a mind trick where, you know, you're, you're wondering like what's under this box and you open Veil. the box and you see the, the results and it was, it was beautiful actually that they, um, it's actually a new air one that's in like near Echo Park near Mohawk Bend. For what they charge their food better be beautiful. Some of their food is way too expensive, but their hot bar, whatever their their hot counter, whatever they make, some amazing vegan food. I mean, I I cannot stress how beautiful it is. I know it's like I think what I had this kind of dinner thing was like twenty bucks, which is pretty high for something you know going to a market. Fried oyster mushroom that was just to die for. Baked cauliflower. Chinese broccoli. Some of it was healthy. The The mushrooms were definitely not healthy. They were like super fried, but they were incredibly delicious. So yeah, I, I just think that uh, Air One, you know, they knock it out of the park when it comes to their prepared foods. We also got like smoothies and, you know, get a $12 mm-hmm. smoothie, which is, you know, they put Ooh. it in a glass bottle. Do you get to keep the bottle? I guess you can reuse it. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Or recycle. That's my uh, to TikTok, Air One, all this different thing. You'll see we're actually on TikTok. I'm also repurposing a lot of the cool content that Mike and I are creating. So it's just Vegan Hacks Pod. If you think it's like a kid's game, and, and obviously there are some weird things on TikTok. There are exhibitionists, scantily clad boys and girls running around. <laughs> you know, all sorts of madness. But there's also... A very supportive, interesting vegan community. There's recipes. There's animal rights activists. There's people fighting the cause. There's a lot of weirdos there too. But you know, it's it's kind of a thing where it's a great um, educational platform too. You lo- you can learn a lot if you like the I- informative videos. Then it gives you more informative videos. Uh, there was also there was this lady. I think she may have been banned, but her name was that vegan teacher, and I, I've never seen any of her content. But from all all the stories I've heard, she's giving us a bad name because you know she's bringing in all this other unrelated nonsense, and it's getting associated with veganism, and so it like makes veganism look bad by association. But I, maybe I'm wrong because I haven't actually seen the videos because I think she's since been banned. No, but she actually she's actually back. The, that She's vegan back. teacher is back on TikTok. Uh, her the controversy had to do with her engaging with this gamer guy. Her TikTok started to be overtly sexual about this gamer kid, and this kid's like a sixteen year old underage oh, kid. Oh God! And so, Wait, and the then TikTok or her? Her that vegan. And oh, then gosh. she also did some very offensive things on YouTube that, I mean, I don't want to discuss, but it it involved... Can we kick her out of the vegan club? I I mean, no, I want her to continue being vegan. I just don't want her to represent vegans. There's some really malignant forces in the the vegan world, and they have a platform. I'm thinking, are they plants (laughs) to make us look bad? 
with any subgroup of people, there's always some crazies. Uh, you know, I just wish our crazies weren't as vocal. <laughs> it seems like their platforms are so big because they're so extreme. Right. The more out there you are, the more... It, it, just like how fake news gets shared um, quicker than real news, anything that elicits an emotional response, and often a negative emotional response, is going to go viral because people forward it even just to say, like, to criticize them, to say, like, how horrible it is. And then it just makes rational veganism, like, you know, ethical, rational, reason-based veganism look bad by association. They're just such an easy target. So when Gordon Ramsay makes fun of that vegan teacher, he's broadcasting, how, look how lame these vegans are, to a big, big, huge audience. I, I just wish she wouldn't have that name. Because, like, you, you know, it shouldn't be the fun, like, the first aspect of her identity. You know, if she was just, like, Susie the Banshee or whatever... And happens to be vegan. What you know? I mean, saying if she just had a name and happened among her many like character traits to be vegan, that's fine. It's she's leading with it. Yeah, and then there's also this element of using loaded language that are dog whistles to other mm -hmm. parts of the community. There's this other. Uh, I'm not going to name this this one creator but they're using these loaded words that are offensive they're there to make a scene they don't care whether or not they get negative or positive reaction they just they want, just want a attention reaction. they just want attention right. if you're soapboxing and getting so much attention maybe you're pulling attention from the real problem co-opts the movement yeah so speaking of dog whistles should we talk about pets Yes, yes, let's talk about pets because that's our subject for today. <laughs> <laughs> so, um I might catch some flack and I you know, I don't think people sh like should give up their pets. Obviously, they love them and care for them. And and I don't presume to have a definitive answer since there's so much nuance to this and so many special circumstances, but there's an argument to be made that no human should keep an animal whether they consider them property or a companion, even if they're only feeding the animal vegan food, and even if they love the animal and treat it well, ultimately they are keeping a sentient creature in captivity and limiting its freedom and making decisions for it and curating its life. And even if you totally love and coddle your dog and you treat it like family, if you live in a city, for example, you are required to walk it around essentially with a rope tied around its neck. And I know this is so ingrained, it's it's supposed to be normal and I sound crazy. And I, and I also know that some domesticated animals have been bred to be dependent on humans and they cannot survive in the wild on their own. And that's kind of a tragedy. And people continuing to breed them for profit is a tragedy because they're perpetuating the necessity of keeping animals as our subordinates. And, and of course, there's the side effects of selective breeding that result in health problems for the animal. You know, they say, like, for example, stray animals are a tragedy, that they need to be rescued from living outside and be brought into homes. And I think to some extent, that's more just because, like, they're considered a public nuisance and they would otherwise be captured and taken to the pound and eventually killed. Maybe I'm projecting my own human perspective onto animals, but if I were a stray animal, I'd rather live my life of adventure outside, going where I want, doing what I want than having to submit my autonomy to a human, however well-meaning, who presumes to know what's best for me. 
you're just like yeah you're just like a like a what are the, what do they call those uh, animals that just kind of they they don't even mate they just go they wander the world uh, incels <laughs> no there's a there's a, sp- a specific animal that, that rogues that, the rogue. I would just be a rogue you're, you're just a rogue incel animal walking the earth <laughs> I just, I just be like, you know, leave me alone. It's not <laughs> a honey badger. There's, there's some animal. Yeah. There's some animal that just kind of doesn't even mate. It just, just well, then how it does goes it on reproduce? its rapscallion does... adventures. Well, it, how it, does it reproduce? It reproduces, then it keeps on. It goes on its way. Oh, then it's just like, <laughs> uh, sorry, babe, I can't hang out. I got a mosey. I mean, speaking of mating, you know, like they say, spaying and neutering is the right thing to do, and I see from a practical perspective that it is to avoid overpopulation and whatever but it's also robbing animals of their biological imperative even if you know like even their reproduction is kept under human control like how would you like to be neutered i wouldn't hold, i think hold that on, would really hold on, hold on hold on cowboy i think that <laughs> We should talk a little bit. You're, you're you're like unpacking all this stuff, and then we need to talk about it. I'm sorry. I yeah, I've been I bulldozed you with the uh, anti-pet argument, but again, I'm not anti-pet. Yes, you are. <laughs> you know, as a general idea, like people should maybe phase out the concept. I don't know. It's just so we decide that nobody gets gets pets anymore. <laughs> no, what, you what have do you to what, care what, for what do you want to do? Hold on. We decide. Just think. Yeah, we have an issue when where there are way too many animals that are neglected, that are in shelters, that are you know out in the world. Okay, so what what do you pose we do about all of these creatures? Should we? Okay, or or even somebody who has a, a a rescue animal. What what are they supposed to do with their animal? Are they supposed to just euthanize it? I mean, what are they? No, no. I, I see. The, here's the question. Here here's the issue. Yeah, like yeah. First of all, maybe like select it, You know, breeding for profit should be banned. Don't you think? Oh yeah. No, no. Because because the idea of commoditizing an animal yeah. is not ethical. Right. So on that basis, maybe just rescue the ones who manage to breed themselves and i mean see again we're like we're making all these policies for them on their behalf and again it might be the practical thing to do i just don't know how to you you can't like ask them what they want you know mike you heartless soul (laughs) have you ever had a pet uh, I had a goldfish named Norman, um, and he lasted many years, but at the same time, his freedom was also curtailed. He, we had a good tank for him. He was a feeder goldfish, the kind that you you would like, you know, they would die in two days. We went out and we bought, you know, I'm small. I, I was like a small child at the time. We bought a big, expensive tank for my feeder goldfish that I won in a carnival and treated him as well as could be. He w- way outlasted his normal lifespan, but he was stuck between four walls. I understand there's a an element where you have an animal that really you can't communicate with. So you don't really mm-hmm. know their true desires and yeah. you're you're also in some ways even if you call it a companion or you call it a family member, you're, you're still also the boss. creating yeah, you're still the boss. You're you're creating walls. You go to work and they're by themselves and they can't leave and do what they want. Animals bring a a sense of joy to people Mm -hmm. they 
give them a serotonin rush when they get to hug them. There's a, a mutual yeah. element of love that both of them or the, yeah, the human I, and the animal uh, have. The fact that many people become vegan because they love their animals, uh, because these animals' lifespans are shorter than ours. We teach our kids ourselves oh, about gosh. the death is a thing, part of fact of life, life yeah. cycle, dealing with loss, right. uh, other things heavy, that are yeah. heavy stuff. But I'm just saying that that's mm-hmm. something that is a gift that that having right. a pet gives to you as well. That just understand, unless it's a parrot, because those live longer than us. Well, yeah, maybe like I don't know, an African gray. <laughs> Or, or if you get a turtle, if you get a tortoise, like, yeah, then you have to put it in your will and like for generations, like it has to. Yeah, I understand. Look, I, I see how under some circumstances, a pet or an animal companion is better off with us than without us. I, I agree with you. So now the question is, uh, how do we keep them in like the most ethical possible way? Because the first and most obvious concern is like what to feed it. Because, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to coddle one animal and then feed it a mountain of tortured and abused animals over its lifetime. Because, like, you know, why are those factory farm beings that we're feeding to our coddled pet more important than our pet? Because, like, they're less cute, because they don't cuddle up to us. You know, it, it isn't fair. Yeah, there's also this new word that I learned. <laughs> hmm. It's a cheegan. <laughs> no, a cheating vegan? A cheating vegan. Oh, yeah, sure. A lot of people... Yeah, there's cheating vegans out there. If you have a pet and you feed your dog cat... We haven't even got to cat. We'll get to cats at the end because that's the big. You're, oh ending. yeah, yeah. We, there's something uh, to be discussed about cats. But yeah, you, you you're but you're not exactly a, you're, you're a not a, you're not a real vegan. You're a chicken. Yeah. Okay, so you're a vegan and you have a pet. Okay, the pet is still an extension of you. Okay, so it's a right. big circle around you. It's and fulfilling the pet. your will. You yeah. are giving your pet abused dis- destroyed killed animals unless maybe i don't know maybe if you go to a restaurant that has you know a back door and you say hey can we, can i get your scraps and you you figure out a way to to subsist that's how dogs used to be fed scraps off the table like leftovers but you know things have changed i mean dogs can be fed vegan ki- kibble there was even a proposal to feed all shelter dogs in los angeles a, a vegan formula, but it sort of fizzled because, um, I mean, there was some pushback. People f- were afraid that, that dogs would have diarrhea and the workers would have to clean it up. And also, I think the city council person who proposed it got into some unrelated legal troubles that kind of sidelined all his initiatives. But it is possible for dogs to be vegan. It, but, I mean, that's not their choice. You know, we would be forcing veganism on them. Like, they don't know the difference. This is like kind of a sidetrack, but it's something that is is very interesting i mean have you ever been to a shelter before a dog shelter yeah i have yeah yeah it, it's wow. really sad <laughs> yeah extremely my daughter was very young and we went to a shelter for her field trip mm-hmm. and i think this was like like pre-k so she was very young and the field trip she went to the shelter was just the saddest dogs, it seemed like a lot of the dogs were aggressive. There were pit bulls and chihuahuas. 
Oh, that makes perfect sense because pit bulls, people like, you know, they raise them as fighting dogs. And so sometimes like they're not good for fighting or whatever. They get abandoned. And chihuahuas, there was just this huge boom of puppy mills breeding chihuahuas because, you know, they were super popular in the Paris Hilton years. And so they like became oversupplied. And as a result, um, you know, they, eventually the bubble burst and there was like no more demand for them. And so they just had all these unwanted chihuahuas like my friend. Um, Kit, whom you met, she mm. has a chihuahua who was rescued from like a hoarder who had like a hundred chihuahuas in their house. And I don't know why they were like breeding them and they were like in these horrible conditions. Like, honestly, the chihuahua has PTSD. Also, with chihuahuas, people think that they're going to get, you know, maybe they have a small apartment or something and they're mm-hmm. going to have a dog that they can just not really have to take care of but they're very they're so energetic creatures yeah. yeah they're they're actually they, they, creatures that they demand a need lot people they need attention they need right. a walking mm-hmm. they need all these different things and so people don't understand how to care for these animals going back on track with this yeah okay so you are vegan you have a dog you love dogs there is a way to give your animal a vegan diet with vegan kibble that will be well-balanced. I think dogs mm-hmm, produce their mm-hmm. own taurine. So you yeah. just have to be, I think, a little more vigilant when it comes to the dog's health because your dog is eating. I mean, the dog doesn't choose to be vegan. If you give them yummy kibble that happens to be vegan, maybe the dog doesn't mind. I, I don't know. I see I can't read their mind. But it seems like plausible you know, if you have the time, you have the space to have an ethical relationship with a dog since they're pack animals and, you know, they, they, they become attached to you, you're attached to them, you give them sufficient attention, you feed them vegan food. There is a sort of ethical way to go about this. They're more than just pack animals. These animals have been domesticated and they've, they're supposed to be dependent on humans and, and they're supposed to be whatever, I don't know, a servant per se. Uh. I don't know. I mean, some of them are. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's, there are so-called work dogs. They're like shepherds or whatever. And they're, I mean, do, are, do you say like, oh, they get a sense of validation from doing a good job? I don't know. Maybe they do. They wag their tail when you say good boy. I don't know. I can't read their minds. Yeah. What about um, these dogs that work in like the police force or, are, you know, drug sniffing dogs and security dogs and all these other types of animals? I mean, did they choose their lives to be our servants? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, especially bomb sniffing dogs are like basically sent as a sacrifice. You know, it's like uh, if if they happen to blow up, it's like better than losing a human, right? I don't know if again, this I don't have the answers to all this. These are just like concerns that are sort of in the back of one's mind. Um, so cats are like technically obligate carnivores. Like they're supposed to have meat, and they'll supposedly die if they don't have it. Um, which for the most part seems to be true. I don't know if they'll die, but they definitely will have health issues. My understanding is if you don't specifically supplement the things missing in meat, they will have organ failure and die. (laughs) But um, like, you know, there's taurine and arginine, um, but apparently there's a vegan veterinarian in Los Angeles. I'm going to mispronounce her name, but I think her name is Dr. Armaiti May. She claims that if you supplement taurine and arginine, the cat can live a happy and fulfilling life life and you know she has the same argument that i have with soylent that it's like ingredients don't matter it's nutrients that matter so if you do this you solve this math equation she says that you know like the meat found in commercial pet foods anyway 
has like so many disgusting byproducts like uh, diseased animal parts and beaks and bones and sometimes even like euthanized cats and dogs and all these things that are junk that are like not fit for human consumption. And so like even though cats are biologically carnivores, they can be successfully maintained on a vegan diet as long as it meets all their nutritional requirements. Uh, my friend uh, who's vegan, Shanna, she has cats and I, I know she feels conflicted about the meat thing. So she tried to feed them, um, you know, the scientific vegan cat food. And the cats just kind of went on a hunger strike and refused it. And they just waited until she gave in and fed them meat again. So uh, she tried. Sadly, it didn't work. I'm sure that one cat is different than maybe another cat. Like different Mm. cats have different maybe health requirements or maybe one cat's more active. And yeah. and one cat can subsist a little differently. I I, I definitely mm-hmm. think that it, you know it really depends and on your animal and and if you monitor the animal's health in a responsible way, maybe this is a an, an option. I, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's definitely a very loaded question when you're talking about animals. People are very passionate about animals, and and some people think that if you put a cat on a vegan diet, that's abuse. It, and maybe it is, but uh, at the same time, you, you kind of have to weigh it with like, is it okay to, you know, let's say it's abuse. Maybe it's only 10% abuse. Whereas on the other hand, you're like murdering uh, hundreds, if not thousands of se- in beings in in like the torture of a factory farm setting. So if you were to weigh the total moral harm, maybe the slight abuse of giving the cat vegan food is outweighed by like the enormous abuse of hundreds of thousands of m- tortured chickens. I, I don't know. I- again, I, you know, I don't presume to know. Th- I, there are also pets who are naturally and biologically vegan, like I- iguanas. They they only eat f- vegetables and leaves and fruits. Um, unfortunately, like you kind of have to keep them in a confined space. There's some birds who eat like seeds. But again, it's it's not fair to have a bird and not let it fly out in the wild. You know, like you keep it in a cage. No, I bet right. you, a lot of people have to clip their wings. Clip its yeah, it's like, I mean, we haven't even touched on so-called exotic animals. I mean, that's not as big of an issue because they're mostly illegal. But like you know, plucking an animal from the wild, um, and and you know, keeping it in confinement is like somehow even worse. Yeah, we and, can talk uh, about the I, Tiger I, King. <laughs> right. That is. I mean, that, that I think most people can agree is horrible. Zoos. I, I don't know if that this is like beyond the scope of our discussion. Yeah, no, but you know the element of the Tiger King was kind of an interesting uh, cultural moment because mm-hmm. people really focused in on these like flamboyant characters, right? But they is didn't the, really the... focus in on the insane way they were abusing all of these animals on all sorts yeah. of different levels, breeding them. Yeah, it's horrible. Okay, so, I mean, we're all in agreement that obviously you shouldn't buy a pet. You should rescue a pet. You know, that's the most responsible way to have a pet and and not to get one from a breeder or or make it a commodity. You're you're here to make, you know, the world a better place. I I just also think that, I mean, what about, what about, what's your position on 
um, these uh, like barn animals, like uh, you know the the uh, you know animals oh, that have been domesticated sa- farm animals that rescue. have been saved from factory farms, like chickens. And yeah, pigs. they they absolutely cannot exist in the wild, and I think the people who have res- rescued them treat them better than almost anyone who because you know it's their full time job. They have facilities, they have resources. So it's better than nothing. I mean, you know, like, what's the alternative? They would have just been killed. We are humans. We're not perfect. We're not mathematical equations. You know, sometimes we have to make certain choices with our lives. And yeah. and our connection with animals, maybe we have to make, you know, not be so picture-perfect vegan and understand that if if our animal or cat requires... Meat. Well, I mean, that's if you a have hard a, one. Or what if you were a vegan? You weren't vegan. You had a bunch of cats, and then all of a sudden you became vegan. Are your cats mm. going to change to be, become vegan now? If I believe, if you could successfully and safely transition them, that would be good. Because the alternative is, uh, you know, thousands of bodies on your hands. You know. I mean, the other the other alternative that I think we talked about it a little before was to figure out a way to find waste, animal waste. Oh from yeah, that's that's all another these other good one. Places, yeah. you know, even dumpster dive, perhaps. Yeah, right, right. I, <laughs> and, I don't know and, how healthy it is for them, but maybe, yeah. But that might be another alternative. Sure, to... it might be. It might be that you. Yeah, I I think that's a very good idea. So, uh, so I guess you're not going to get a pet anytime soon. Not for the foreseeable future, but I love other people's pets and I like to pet them. And, um, you know, I, I'm not telling people not to have them, <laughs> but it's definitely like, I, I like your idea of trying to rescue ones who would otherwise be, uh, you know, never buying a bread, a bread one and trying your best to feed it ethical sourced food. And also just don't take on this responsibility if you're not able to really devote your attention to them because you know they're not just an accessory to have when it's convenient if i was a dog and you were petting me and i Mm -hmm. knew your position on pet ownership i would bite your hand (laughs) (laughs) i don't blame you no i don't know no maybe you'd be thankful that i would want freedom for you no no I'd bite your hand. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Bite, bite the hand that pets you. So there we go. We're we're back. We we're go. back. We're back again. Yeah, that, we was another, a, that was a that was a tough it. one. But you look, I, I like these discussions because again, we we don't have the you know. There's like I said before, there's no definitive moral absolute answer. But these are things to think about in order to make calculated ethical judgments to minimize the net harm out there.